you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. praise tonight. He's worthy to be praised. We honor you. We're grateful for you, Lord. Thank you for your spirit and power we feel in this house tonight. Lord, let every heart in this place tonight be open to what your spirit is wanting to speak. Lord, let us be pliable, workable, that your word may work in us as the clay is worked by the potter. Lord, let your word and your spirit work in us. We honor you. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you tonight. Thank you for being here on this Wednesday evening. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I'm going to get into the word of the Lord immediately tonight. What a great crowd on Wednesday night. Thank you for being faithful to the house of the Lord on Wednesday night. We have several that are out sick and some that uh, called in and um, we're just remembering all of them in prayer and know the Lord is going to strengthen each of them. Sunday night, I felt the Lord speak to me regarding a subject that I needed to speak on that is a sensitive subject to all of us at most points in life. But after Sunday night, um, we heard from the Lord on Sunday night, a powerful word on spiritual blockages. And the Lord began to speak to me about some of those things that hold back the blessings of the Lord, that hold back the flow of the supernatural, that hold back. We always talk about being on the edge and on the brink, but often there are things that prevent us from breaking through. There are barriers, or as Brother Gentry spoke on Wednesday night, there are spiritual blockages that keep us from those breakthroughs. And I felt tonight after such a powerful word that I should come. As I mentioned on Sunday night, I knew what the Lord had laid on my heart and I want to talk to you and I may come back to this idea and unveil some different spiritual blockages over uh, the next the next few Wednesdays in which I know next Wednesday we don't have service, but we'll be back again. 
and maybe I'll talk about some of these spiritual blockages, but tonight I want to talk about what I believe is one of the most common spiritual blockages. It prevents most all things that flow from the Spirit from being able to flow. And it's a very sensitive subject, but we're going to address it tonight. If you have your Bibles and would turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4, I'm only going to read one verse from Ephesians chapter 4, and I'm going to read the 32nd verse. I could have chose a plethora of scriptures to read to you tonight regarding this subject. I've chose Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32 because it is very clear, very direct, and also a common scripture that we often read over perhaps as we are reading through the New Testament letters to the church. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32, the Apostle Paul writes to the church in Ephesus. And he says to the church, now remember, this is a saved church. This is a church that's already been baptized, already been filled with the Holy Ghost. They're already living a separated life. But they have some issues in the church. As all of the New Testament churches had certain things that they struggled with. If you ever think that you find perfection in a church, don't go. You're going to mess it up. Because there is no such thing as a perfect church. It was never modeled in the scripture. We are to strive for perfection. But because we work through humanity, and God works through humanity, the church is always striving for perfection, but deals with failure. And because we are the church, that means you and I are constantly dealing with failure, with repentance, getting back up and continuing on. And so tonight I read from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. The Apostle Paul is writing here to the church at Ephesus. And evidently they were having some quarrels in the church. And he says to them, And be ye kind one to another. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Be kind one to another. Develop a tender heart. Forgive one another. Because you and I have been forgiven by God for our trespasses. So tonight I want to talk to you about the spirit of forgiveness. There is a blockage that is so common to the modern church from breaking into the, the realm of the supernatural. And that blockage I'm going to identify clearly tonight as unforgiveness. 
Now, when we begin to talk about forgiveness, first of all, let me talk about us receiving forgiveness because the Scripture gives us direction to for us to be the forgiver. Here it says, because God has forgiven us. Now, forgiveness is needed because there is judgment. Without judgment, no forgiveness is needed. When someone says, I don't judge, they probably are not being honest. Because we all have a tendency to sit in the seat of judgment. The Bible gives us direction and tells us not to. Don't sit in the seat of the scornful. Judgment is not for you and I, but we all deal with it. So the first thing is, is the scripture says for us to be the forgiver because God was the forgiver to us. So when we reflect on God's forgiveness to us, then we have to, in turn, forgive others. I sense the Holy Ghost already working tonight. What I am wanting to say to us tonight is, first of all, as we deal with receiving forgiveness, I'm only going to take a couple of minutes here as I talk about us receiving forgiveness. We receive forgiveness because we have judgment that is placed upon us. Any of you ever had judgment placed on you? I'm not talking about your bank accounts. Don't lift your hands for that. You ever had a judgment placed on you? You know what that means? That means there is a debt that you owe that you are unable to pay and they put judgment on you, meaning they will find a way to settle it. Stay with me for a moment now. You and I deal with judgment and we are guilty. Look at your neighbor and tell him you're guilty. Tell the other neighbor you're guilty too. Don't smile like that. You're guilty. Your smile's telling me you're guilty. All of you are starting to smile around here tonight because you're guilty. So the issue is, is we are guilty, but yet... The Bible says that when we repent, He is faithful and just to what? To forgive. So the first forgiveness we have to worry about is the forgiveness of God. He is faithful. The Scripture says He's faithful and just to forgive. All trespasses. So whatever it may be, no matter how big or small, no matter how great or little, Whatever, however you want to do it, you can put it to a song, no matter how great or small. He forgives our trespasses. He forgives our sins. He forgives our wrongs. So for us to receive forgiveness, first of all, understand we've been forgiven by God. That is never an issue. He is faithful and just to forgive sin. That is the easiest forgiveness to receive. However, we all battle with this next line of forgiveness, and that is receiving forgiveness 
from others. Those we know we have done wrong to. Those we have harmed. Those we have talked about. Those we have taken front advantage of. Maybe those we have stolen from, lied to, talked about. Am I meddling too much tonight? So there is the forgiveness of others. So God forgives us, but we must have the forgiveness of others in order to be released. So the issue is, is God forgives us. So there is a release in heaven. The blood washes it all away. However, we are still dealing with the wrong that we have done to one another. And so when you're on the receiving end of this, it begins to be very difficult. The Apostle Paul says, forgive one another. That means it must be mutual. But if you choose to not forgive me, I have to find a way to be able to do all I can to receive forgiveness. But there must be a point that I have done everything that I can possibly do. So I go to Scripture. So the Bible, what does the Scripture say about it? If your brother hath ought against you, what does it say to do? It says go to him. It may be difficult. That's for you sisters too. If your brother hath ought against you, go to him. Fall on the sword. Ask for forgiveness. Make it right. Do your best to fix it. If he won't hear you, if he won't meet with you, if he won't talk to you, if he won't allow you to repent, if he wants to, 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 to refuse to give you an ear, then the Bible tells us what to do. Go to him in the presence of a couple of elders. So this is when, oh Lord have mercy, am I making myself a job that I'm going to have to deal with? My mercy, my mother-in-law calls me tomorrow and asks for a meeting for her and my father-in-law. Ask Brother Brandon to join in this meeting. So the Bible says if they refuse to hear you, if they won't hear you out, if they won't allow you, it tells us what to do. Do your best to try to make amends by including a couple of elders very carefully. Be careful who you share all of your stuff to. Be careful who you involve. A lot of people tell you, hey, if you ever need me, you just come on talk to me about whatever you want to talk to me about. Mark that person and don't talk to them. If they want to know your garbage, they don't need to know your garbage. because Well, they told me they told me not to tell, and I'm not telling anybody but you. Bologna with mayonnaise and cheese. There may not be any such thing as a secret. So the Bible says, go to them in the presence of an elder. And if they will not hear you, then go about your way. 
you have done the best you could. You have tried. You have, you have gone the extent. You have done your part. You have been biblically correct. And so you go on. So there, there, there we have to deal with the forgiveness of others. If they choose not to forgive, that is not on me. Let me try to make this more clear to you. If Brother Danny comes up here and hurts me, it's not my fault. That's on him. He is the one that hurt me. If he comes to me and says, I realize that I hurt you and I want to apologize and make that right. I said something about you. I took something that belonged to you. I drove your car and didn't fill it up with gas. Whatever it may be. I hunted on your deer stand. That gets serious. Requires a lot of forgiveness. So he comes and says, I, I need to apologize to you because I did you wrong. And I say, get out of my face. I don't want to talk to you. I am mad at you. You are not my friend. We are never going to be friends. Go about your business. I'm not hearing you. You are not forgiven. I'm going to hold a grudge. What did I just do? When he hurt me, it was his problem. The moment that I refused forgiveness, I made it my problem. So the Bible says that Brother Danny goes and he gets Dylan and he gets Brother Brandon and he says, Pastor, we need to, we need to talk. Yes, sir. And I brought them here and we're going to pray together. Because I want you to hear me out. And I want you to forgive me for the wrong that I have done to you. And for the, the damage that I've done, I want you to forgive. And if I refuse to hear him in the presence of elders, he's done his part. Now I am carrying the weight and the responsibility. I now will deal with with bitterness because the moment that I refuse to forgive, I allowed bitterness to be planted, the root of bitterness to be planted in my spirit. Now I'm angry with bitterness that it begins to grow. Bitterness is a root. It starts. It is planted at some point in you. And once the root of bitterness, the, the Bible speaks of it as a root, the root of bitterness, once it is planted in you and the root of bitterness is put in you through unforgiveness. And when you allow the root of bitterness to be planted in you, you can cut it off at the surface, but every time that another theme comes along that opens up the fallow ground, it will all of a sudden spring up and it will be the bitterness that was planted at the point of your first unforgiveness. So it's their job to forgive. If they don't give and we forgive and we do our job, then we move on. Then there is the forgiveness of our own selves. Forgiving ourselves because we know that we have some things that we did that harmed others, that hurt others. We know God's forgiven us, but we can't forgive ourselves. 
maybe some secret sins. Can I get real with you tonight? There's some sins that some of us have been involved in that you're not proud of and you don't want to talk about and you don't want anybody to know because you're ashamed of the things that you have done, of, the, of, of, of some, maybe, maybe it's some uh, hideous sins, some secret sins, some things that, that are vile and hurtful and harmful in deep ways that they carry certain stigmas. And, and when people start saying, well, sin is sin, sin is sin, sin is sin, but we don't judge sin is sin. Humanity. God judges sin as sin. He forgives the little thing and the big thing all the same. The blood cleanses it just the same. But you and I, because we have a tendency to sit in the seat of judgment, we judge one greater than another. Ah, no big deal. You just told a little lie about me. Don't worry about it. You just said a little something about me. No big deal. But now you, you did something a little more vile. And so we judge it differently. And we hold ourselves accountable to judgment at different levels. Now some of us were born practically on a church pew. We don't know much about a life of sin. We don't know a lot about the deep, dark areas of life. Maybe maybe some secretively have been involved in certain areas of, of dark sin and deep sin. Others have openly come from lives of deep and dark sin with skeletons, so to speak, in your closet that you don't want anybody to know about. There, there's a lot of us that have things in our closet we don't want anybody to know about. And it's some things when we begin to ask God for forgiveness, He forgives us if there's others involved and we fix that with them, whether they forgive or choose not to, and we've done our part, then we still have to deal with it because we're still trying to forgive ourselves for what we got involved in. Forgive ourselves for what we did to our brother, our sister, our spouse, our children. And then there is the forgiveness of what happens to us that we didn't bring on ourselves. Forgiveness is a word that we both love and hate. It's tremendous when we talk about the grace and mercy of God as it regards to how He handles our sin. When God forgives our sin, He presses the delete button on His heavenly computer and when He forgives, He doesn't send our sins to a temporary recycle bin just in case he needs to pull them up and remind them of us, but uh, to us. But they are totally removed from his record. That's what we love about the redemption of the blood. When you repent, you are forgiven. When you are baptized, those sins are gone. God's always going to look at you through a veil of the blood not seeing you without the blood and its remission of sins. You receive remission of sins by the blood of Jesus Christ. But there's a facet of forgiveness that's more difficult for us to deal with, and that's when God asks us to forgive 
those who trespass against us. Now, this is where I really planned to get to tonight. First, let me say to you that the spirit of forgiveness is a decision, not an emotion. The spirit of forgiveness is a decision that you are not going to allow what has happened to you to dictate your future or to dictate your emotions going forward. You cannot, you cannot help nor change what has happened to you. That's the past. Forgetting those things which are But you and I have control of what is going, how we are going to move forward from here. No matter what it is. There are things that happen to you as a product of poor decisions. Sometimes we look at things that happen to us and recognize if we can get beyond our emotions. Walk with me now. If we can get beyond our emotions, we reach a point of understanding that could have been prevented. I didn't have to go there. I didn't have to say that. I didn't have to engage that. I didn't have to make that decision. I opened myself up to it so we... There's some things that happen to us because of poor judgment or poor decisions. Doesn't make it any less hurtful. But then there's some things that happen to us that were completely out of our control. We didn't ask for it. This is why serious health issues come terminal diagnosis come and people get angry, angry at life, angry at God, angry at those who they know are worse off in life than them, but they're not suffering and they've been living holy and righteous and supporting the church and living for God and yet they're dealing with some diagnosis wondering why wasn't it somebody else? Listen, I've told God many times, no, not them. I got a lot of people I'd like to put that on. And he reminds me, you're not God. And at that point, people can become angry and even bitter and mad and unforgiving about what has happened to them that they did not bring on themselves. It happened to them through sickness. It happened to them as a child. It happened to them because a spouse made a decision to walk away. It happened to them completely out of their control. It was like a thief in the night. It was something that was out of their control. Yet, you and I 
are left with the baggage of what do we do with it and how do we move forward. Your choice, I feel the Holy Ghost right now, the, your choice, your decision of how you handle that can clearly be the difference between a spiritual blockage in your life or a spiritual downpour that you live in. How you handle what happens that's out of your control. I didn't do anything, but they hurt me. I didn't say anything, but they, they talked about me. I, had, I, I, didn't do, I didn't do anything. I never smoked a day in my life, but I end up with a cancer diagnosis. I, I, I struggle. I, I have all of these. I don't understand all of, how you deal with it from here. I, I was a child. I didn't ask for that. I didn't bring that on myself. It happened to me. How you approach it from here will dictate what happens in your future. You can either have be blocked up spiritually or you can be open because you choose to live in the spirit of forgiveness. I feel the Holy Ghost in the house tonight. I'm going to help somebody if you'll stay with me for a few more moments. So the Apostle Paul says there's some things in life we all wish we could forget, but humans never truly forget. We let some things go occasionally, but then something happens and it hits an internal trigger of remembrance. We say forgive and forget. The scripture says forgive and press toward the mark. The apostle in Philippians chapter 3 says, forgetting those things which are behind. Reaching forth to those things which are before. Here is the issue. I can spend the rest of my time becoming bitter and trying to get vengeance on things that have happened to me. On people that have done harm to me. I know it may look like our family is just everything A-OK, but if I told you some of the things, you would have to go home and find a, a toenail file because your toenails would curl. If you knew some of the hurt and some of the harm and some of the personal things that have happened even in our life, so none of us, not the pastor's home, not the saint's home, it happens in every life. At moments when severe hurt comes, we often feel alone and think we are the only one going through it. Unfortunately, for most of you, there have been things shared with me, and I know certain things about families that I would never, ever, ever speak a word. But I can tell you oftentimes, some of us, are in real good company when we gather together on a Wednesday night just like this, feeling like we are alone and the only one that has ever dealt with it when I could stand here tonight and say, you're not alone because I know they've been through it and they've been through it and they've been through it and they've been through it. You are not alone. The enemy wants you to believe you're alone. 
The devil wants to get a hold of you and tell you nobody else has gone through what you're going through. You ought to be bitter over it. You ought to get upset over it. You ought to be angry. That is an attack of the enemy. Forget the things that are behind. Even God himself cannot change the past. Somebody said, wait a minute, did pastor just say what I think he said? Even God himself cannot change the past. What he changes is the future. He says, by, by, by my blood, I'm going to wash you and cleanse you. I, I, he, doesn't, he, he may forgive you and cleanse you from everything in the past, but from here forward, I can make all things new. Forgetting those things. Was the Apostle Paul empowered by something greater than we are? Did he literally have the ability to wipe his internal memory card clean and say, I forget the things that have happened to me in my life? Do you know what happened to my kid? Do you know what happened to my spouse? Do you know what they did against my family? Do you know what they said about me? Do you know what happened to me? It's the same apostle, the same apostle that said the things that I would do, I end up not doing, and the things that I say I'm not going to do, I end up doing it. And he even makes reference to to the criminal who dies from the, 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 the dead man being tied to his back. He said, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Meaning the, the murderer had the, the, the murder victim tied onto his back until infection set into his system, until he eventually died the death, a very slow and cruel form of punishment. The apostle said, that's what this flesh is like. The things I don't want to do, I do. The things I say I'm not going to do, I do. The things I say I'm going to do, I end up not doing it. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? saying is I'm trapped in flesh that is broken. I don't want to get angry over it. I don't want, we all deal with it. I, I, I didn't come tonight to tell any of you to forget. As a matter of fact, some of you need to remember so you never get back into the situation again. But you need to forget. Well, how is that possible? Know this, if you will get your focus, if you will forgive all that's happened to you and get your focus on what is ahead of you and your focus starts being, your conversation starts being on what's ahead instead of what's behind. I've done a great deal of counseling in my life. I I once thought I wanted to be a counselor, took a few classes, did a lot of counseling for about four years in my life and then decided I don't want to be a counselor and, and struggle now because I realize most, most of the time I hear people, when I begin to hear people out, most of the things are connected to what is behind them. And I understand we need to deal with them. We need to talk about them. We need to get to the source. I'm not denying any of those things. They are very real. They are very real. But I will tell you, the more that you dig up what happened but back way back in your past, and you, you take everything back to the past, everything, the more you dig up what happened in your past, the more you are going to discount what God is is wanting to do in your future. So let me take a moment and define 
How do you live in the spirit of forgiveness? The spirit of forgiveness what defined is, is not living in denial of what's happened to you. Forgiveness is not denial. Forgiveness is acceptance and understanding that you nor God can change what has happened. But the spirit of forgiveness says I am living so that I refuse to allow anything that has happened in the past. There's the forgetting the things which are behind. I refuse to allow anything that happened, that is history, anything that happened in the past, I refuse to allow it to affect my future. It's not going to steal my joy, not going to steal my sleep, not going to steal my peace, not going to steal my relationships, not going to steal my praise, not going to steal my song. I could preach on it for a while tonight. Maybe forgiving isn't at all, maybe forgetting isn't at all about being absent-minded as one casual reader may look at the Apostle Paul saying, forgetting the things that are behind. He's saying being absent-minded. No, he's not. Maybe forgetting is a choice to not continue in the cycling response to the things we wish we could forget. Maybe forgiveness is refusing to continue to respond to the negative urge within us to stir the same old thing that brings elevated blood pressure and stir the anger and stir the passions and seek revenge and seek wrath and not letting what happened in our past to affect what God has in store for our future. The moment you forgive, it is as if the surgeon of heaven has reached into the aorta of your soul and has opened the blockage and placed the stent and all of a sudden, what was a complete blockage restricting the flow from heaven in your life all of a sudden is released and now fresh flow of blood begins to flow through you and anointing begins to flow through you and creativity begins to flow through you and the spirit of God and the supernatural and the workings of miracles and signs, it all is linked to you deciding, will I live with this blockage or will I let the heart surgeon open it up and deal with it in my life? There are reasons that God commands us to extend forgiveness. And believe it or not, God isn't trying to persecute us but telling us to extend forgiveness. He's trying to bless us. Here's the most important reason the Bible commands us to forgive. Matthew chapter 6 deals with it. In verse number 15, 14 and 15, he said, If you forgive men that sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. And the next verse says, but if you do not forgive men their sins, 
against you, your father will not forgive your sin. Mm. But you don't know what they did to me. You don't know what they did. You don't know. The moment you forgive, you just open the door to forgiveness. Because if you are not forgiving, God is required. He's held up. You, it, well, you're telling me God won't? No, you won't. Thus his word said, I will work, but who will let? If you'll let God, he'll forgive you. But the only way that you, how do I prevent God from forgiving me? I'm choosing not to forgive. When you stand before God, do you want to know how you're going to be judged? People say, well, I don't know. I'm not God. I'm not judging. I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. You're going to be judged according to the way that you judge. If you cast judgment and are hard on everybody around you, when you stand before God, He's going to open the book and He's going to judge you from the same principle in which you have judged others. If I err, I want to err on the side of mercy. Because when I stand before God, I need His mercy. And I don't want to hold back them. He's full of mercy. He's quick to forgive. But I must allow Him by forgiving. So God is prevented from forgiving us when we refuse to forgive others. The second reason that the Bible commands us to forgive is if people don't forgive others, they will deal with bitterness and will be plagued with misery in their life. Hebrews chapter 12, we love to go there with verses 14 and 15 because we're holiness people that believe in a separated lifestyle. And the Bible begins with, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. We're real quick to say, oh, let's get the holiness thing right, but we're not following peace. Because if I break that scripture down and make it real clear for you, if you're not following peace with all men and holiness, it requires both or you will not see the Lord. Oh, pastor, do you... Can I give you the list of my holiness attributes? I want to also see a, a list of how well you are getting along with others. Because if you're not following peace with all men. Now, I follow peace with those that I like. But now, those that I don't care much for. No, it says follow peace with all men and holiness. camp speaker this year, Harold Hoffman, made it so clear. He said, I can go. He said, holiness, we like to talk about holiness as dress. It's not at all. It's the attributes of God. But we like to look at holiness and talk about how we look and how we're dressed. And, and the deal is, is I, you know, people look at me and I, I get asked. I walk in. I, I think it's my haircut. My, my boys tell me I have, a, I have a pastor's haircut. Thank you, Jamie. I have a pastor's haircut. I go in restaurants and people say, well, you're a preacher. You look like a preacher. Thank you. Do I look holy?
Bob Hoffman said, I can go in about any place I want to, and I'll be accepted. I'll be accepted for what I am, for the way I look. People don't, they don't cast judgment on that. But if everywhere I go, people say, he's one nasty individual. You ever try to talk to him? He's rude. He's hateful. When I walk into restaurants, I want to see that waitress smile. I want them grinning ear to ear. You know what? I try to leave a good tip when I go to a restaurant. I love it when I go in and they're like, hey, I remember you. I, I want your table. Good. Go ahead and bring me two drinks right off the start. Don't let me run out. Coke, that is. Follow peace and holiness. When people refuse to forgive and want to live in a constant state of anger and frustration and fighting and vengeance and getting back at others and finding a way to take advantage and get back and ensure that they pay the price. Verse 15, looking diligently, diligently lest any man fail the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. There's your holiness just got defiled because the root of bitterness sprang up in you. It's all in the same verse, same chapter, same context. Your bitterness can spring up and defile your holiness. So I walk in and everybody says, oh, you look like a pastor. But if my attitude looks like a devil, what have I done? The third reason is the Bible says we should forgive. James chapter 5, verse 16. Confess your faults one to another. Another translation says confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. We like to talk about anointing them with oil and God's going to heal them. But if you are not dealing with unforgiveness, you can hold up healing. I don't understand why I'm not getting healed. Stop for a moment and ask, how many people do I need to forgive? How many things do I need to forgive? How much bitterness do I need to dig out of me? I need to get where God is able to heal me and hear my prayer. Did you know that modern medicine has discovered that a bitter spirit can seriously affect health? Doctors report that unforgiveness disturbs the nervous system, hinders the digestive process, Heats the blood in the heart so that the entire body is overheated. It causes hypertension, high blood pressure. It ends up causing depression. That's not to mention how unforgiveness sours the disposition and distracts from productivity. 
Forgetting the things which are behind is not living in denial. It hurts really bad. Disappointments are very real. No one takes rejection lightly. What Paul is saying, forget the things that are in the past, is not contradiction. He is saying if you will let go and you will forgive and you will get your focus on the future and you will let God bless you and you will allow the scripture which says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Oh, yes it did. The Lord said, let me take care of vengeance. Don't you take care of vengeance. Let me get vengeance. If you will if you will allow me to handle the vengeance, if you'll allow me to make them pay, and you will forget the things that are behind and press toward the mark, I have blessings for you. It opens up a whole flow from heaven that will bless every part of your life. For many, the past is holding them hostage. They are being held hostage by past feelings, by their own failures, by their own mistakes, by their own disappointments. But I came into this room tonight under the divine appointment of God to speak into somebody's life and tell you it's time that you forget what happened. It doesn't matter if it was last week, last month, last year, or a century ago. Forget what happened to you and Press toward the mark. Get up from it. Rise up from it. And don't let it dictate your future. You don't have to be held hostage by your past. There is hope for deliverance. There is hope for change. There is hope in closing the door. what was on the other side of that door has held you hostage has made you a victim and if you're not careful will create a generational curse in your life daddy dealt with it grandpa dealt with it so I've now got to deal with it it's just how I am I was born that way I was born with this in me you need to be born again a new creature old things are passed away and all things are made new if you would release it right now God would open up some avenues for you. You could walk out of here a whole different person. It's up to you. It's up to you. I can teach the last eight minutes or you could lift your hands right now and you can say, God, I want that flow to begin in me right now. I want you to let it start right now. I am letting go. I am. I didn't come here tonight ready to let go, but your word has convicted me. I'm letting go. I can't change it. I can't fix it, but I can let go of it. I can't turn it around. I can't redirect it. There is nothing I can do about the past but I know what you can do about my future and I'm pressing toward the mark. Come on, somebody in this house right now ought to lift both of your hands and ought to let the flow of God begin to flow into your life. The Spirit of God begin to flow down on you. That hurt you've dealt with, that feeling that you've carried, that bitterness that you have been carrying, let go of it and let God work in your life. Come on, all over this building right now.
right now. We can have an altar call right here on a Wednesday night and somebody can walk out of here set free. Somebody can walk out of here delivered. Somebody can walk out of here a brand new creature in Christ Jesus because he wants to make everything new in your life. Come on, reach out to him right where you are. You can stand, you can remain seated, but pray wherever you are right now and let God reach into your heart. Let God begin to work in those areas that you had hidden from him, that you had tried to hide from everybody else. Just let go of it tonight. Let go of it tonight. Let him refill you. Let him fill every void, every corner of your life. Let the Holy Ghost fill that void, that door you've had closed to God. Let it fling open tonight. Let him fill that void in your life. Come on, let go of it right now. Oh, God. I feel like opening these altars right now for somebody that wants to step from where you are. God says you you have lived with a blockage in your life long enough. You need to come throw both hands toward heaven and let God, let God do a heart surgery. Let God open the arteries of the Spirit in your life tonight. Come on, let it happen. Let God do it tonight. He's calling. He is speaking and He is calling and He is wanting to work in you tonight. Break me over. Oh, yes. Turn this house into a prayer room right now. tears flow. They're cleansing your heart. Come on, dig out those blockages in your life right now. Repent over them. Forget them. Forgive them. Let go of it right now. surgery right now.
clean the heart, oh God. Renew a right spirit within me. Purge me with hyssop that I may be clean. Wash me. Clean me. Purify me. Renew a right spirit within me. Oh God. Make me over again. Say, Lord. Make me over. Lord, make me over. One last time, lift your voice as a choir. Lift your hands and say that.